0: This is the Hypothetically Sound podcast hosted by Alec, Randy and Xavier, where we take a hypothetical look at the world around us, exploring the what ifs, maybes and how comes. Join in on the unfiltered, raw and real conversations as we explore the world around us. Uh, welcome back to Hypothetically Sound. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. Uh, Today we are doing another SOS episode. Uh, Hope you guys enjoyed them so far. Today I am joined by the lovely Carly. How are you doing, Carly?
1: I'm super. Thanks for asking. How are you, Andy? I am doing
0: good. You know, uh, it's a sunny, bright, beautiful day down here in the south, so I can't complain too bad. Uh. Nice. (laughs) Nice. So it's been a quite a while since I think we've talked uh i know i haven't seen you since probably like 2007 uh, seven, i think it was your birthday party i was a surprise guess or was was it darcy's God. birthday party one someone's party at darcy's house
1: yeah i like, think oh, that was I- my my 17th surprise party mm-hmm.
0: honestly, i honestly think that yeah. was the last time i saw you in person probably Maybe, like in passing in still or something when i lived in minnesota but uh yeah. yeah. For sure no best last time. It's been eons. It, it's crazy doing this and finding out like, just like uh yeah, I haven't it's like seen a, like, where are they now? Exactly. I was like, Shay, I haven't seen you since 2006 uh, Yeah like, well,
1: last time last time I saw her, she was still married to Andy, and that was that was a long ass time ago. <laughs> yeah, like, I didn't a, realize she a was lifetime ago.
0: You shared all this information. I'm like, oh wow, I missed uh, Facebook. You really do miss a lot, right? Yeah. Or or
1: oh yeah. Well, it's like I barely, barely share like real life stuff on there. A lot of it's just like memes and you know the echo chamber of politics. But I don't know. Yeah, it's it's hard to keep up, and the algorithm throws shit off too. You never know like what you're going to see. I feel like my best friend posts all the time, and I don't see her stuff, so I just ignore it mostly. (laughs)
0: that's <laughs> that's facebook basically i literally right. go on to post my podcast and post clothing stuff and then get off <laughs> because right it's make it a... full of stuff that i don't care to see
1: <laughs> yeah it's full of crazies now that's for but, damn sure uh,
0: i want to thank you again for taking the time to do this uh appreciate it uh, Yeah like i said for some people it's not super easy just because while it was a like there are obviously great memories because we made friends uh we had fun we did some crazy stuff it's also a very hard time to look back to not a lot of people want to look back to when they were in high school and things that emotional states we were in in high school uh oh yeah well
1: so thank you yeah well and like with sos it's you know, it. I'm, I'm 30 now, which is by no means do I mean to be like, I'm old because I'm <laughs> not, good God. But like p- the distance between me now and high school is way longer. Like it's been 11, 12 years since I graduated now almost. Mm-hmm. Um, And I was only in SOS for three years. I think it was the summer before my sophomore year, I believe, that I started. But I was only in it for three years. And that's such a small amount of time in comparison. Like I've been sober for three years. So Mm -hmm. like comparing the two, it's incredible. But when you're, you know, 16, 15 through 18, it's such an all encompassing thing. Like SOS players was my entire world at that time. Mm -hmm. And it just felt like everything that happened within that little bubble was huge. And looking back, it's like, oh my gosh, you really were just like a, a kid. Living your kid life. Good God.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was uh when I was talking to Shay, uh I I I came to the realization like I went to my senior year. I went to I did more shows mm-hmm. than uh I did went than I went to school. I literally mm-hmm. almost did as many shows as I did as an intern my senior year.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so Yeah. They didn't do internships anymore. I think after Katie, Mm -hmm. after that, they did like a student scholar program. And so they, it was four of us that they picked who were still in school and we each got like 800 bucks. And I like almost flunked out of school that year because they leaned on me so heavily for shows, which was kind of crazy because in the contract that they had you sign, it was all like grades are first school is first only two shows a month. But like I like you said, I was do out doing shows almost more often than I was in school. It was insane. Yeah. Like absolutely insane. And it's a lot they were a lot of work. Like we did everything ourselves too. Like looking back on that, I used to know how to run an old school soundboard. I used to know how to run butch, baby, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Cr- like, literally, like, don't get me wrong. Andy was obviously a very important part. Jenna was a very important part. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were able, like, if something happened, because and, and it happened, like, Andy gets sick or something, we were able to run the show. I remember one show that Andy legit got sick on the way to the show, Food Poison or something, and I had to back out of the show. Like, I I think I did JD and has, Hannah ran audio uh, while I did it, and then I went and ran audio while she did her roles and like we were switching off to uh, yeah that would have been
1: year. that would have been my first year i don't know if i was on that show because you guys were interns my first year god yeah that that kind of shit was crazy but it, you know, it's a, it was a
0: special experience uh yeah oh man no uh, so i want to start us at the uh beginning uh, yeah so thinking back, if you have the memory, and most of this is going to be if you have the memory. If not, not a problem. We can move on. Uh, how did you find out about SOS?
1: Um, my mom worked at uh, a high school. She worked in White Bear, and I think she had seen a couple shows, and she had like met a couple kids. She was a paraprofessional um, mm-hmm. and worked with a lot of students who were able to go into regular ed classes. And so she would just kind of hang out in the background if they needed her. Um, so she got to know a lot of just a lot of students in general. Um, And she knew I was a theater kid, (laughs) obviously. So she was like, oh, you should audition for this. You should try out for this. And I'm pretty sure the summer before my ninth grade, she wanted me to, but I didn't want to because I can't remember why. I don't know, whatever. And then it was the summer before my sophomore year. I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. That's fine. Um, And so my mom, who had worked for a school that I remember doing shows at her school too. uh, So that's how she heard about it and passed it on to me.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. And I was like, huh?
0: Sorry. Sorry. I was randomly thinking and speaking out loud. Sorry about that.
1: Oh no, it's all good. And like, I was into it because um, my brother, he, uh, he struggles with addiction. Um, Meth is, meth is what he's hooked on. And that's always been really hard. He's had, you know, other issues with various dependencies, et cetera, et cetera. He spent a lot of time in and out of incarceration throughout my life. Mm-hmm. So I grew up, like, just being, like, everything is bad. Drugs are bad. Like, I hate it. I hate it. Because, you know, it was hard to watch what it did to my family, what it did to me, all of that stuff. Um, And so my mom was like, oh, they're all, like, anti-drugs and stuff. I was like, perfect. <laughs> and, yeah, I was super interested. It was definitely intimidating coming in there because, they you know, they had all the vets were around, too. And I was like, oh, my God, all these people are so good. <laughs>
0: Uh yeah, it, it's crazy. So like everybody obviously has their reasons for joining. And honestly, the like I didn't know like the kids in the group couldn't do drugs and alcohol until like after I joined. Uh and yeah. signed the contract. Uh but the, like <laughs> I told you, my, my reason for joining was uh I had just moved to Hudson, so it was my sophomore year. Uh I think it was or it was like the second semester of my sophomore year. I had just taken my first theater course. Because I got kicked out of football. And I needed something new to do. Uh,
1: yeah. And
0: Hannah was in my class. And I developed a sort of crush on Hannah. Everybody knows I had a crush on Hannah. Uh, I
1: mean, who didn't have a crush
0: on you Hannah? She she was a great person. A very beautiful oh, girl. Yeah.
1: And a force age. to be reckoned with, too. Right? Goddamn. Right? Like,
0: mm-hmm. Nothing more sexy than an independent woman, like, honestly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but like Just, yeah, so I had a crush, and like I, S West performed at the high school, and I saw she was in it, and so I auditioned to be closer to Hannah. I was like, yeah, this is a great opportunity to get to know her better, something she's passionate about, join, and so I audition and joined. Uh, but yeah, looking back, like the drug and alcohol part, like when I first was, I was like, yeah, no one's gonna follow it, like I, no one's, and then it was easy to not.
1: Do well, yeah, because you have a you have a group of friends that are fun and you can hang out with where they're not doing it too, and that makes it so much easier.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, if I do this, I'm going to betray them. I like. I remember during my internship year, for my birthday, I had a drink with my dad, and like, I felt guilty. I was like, I mean, I like, I'm eighteen. I mean, with yeah, my dad, in Wisconsin,
1: but- it's legal.
0: Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's just like, I've went this long. Why did I break it? Like,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: but you no, know, for the most part, I think most people did a really good job. I knew of kids who were breaking it, but, uh, I wasn't gonna call them out
1: for being yeah that's... well, yeah, I mean, God, yeah, we were all literal children, too, so it's mm-hmm. just kind of like, a. Hey, and like at the education that most of us had, generally, like not even just through SOS, but generally speaking about, like, I'm just going to talk mostly about marijuana, was mm-hmm. just kind of like half-assed and bullshit. They were like, "It's a gateway drug.
0: It's mm-hmm.
1: bad. It makes you dumb." And it's just like that's there's it's there's so much more to it than that. Like you know, now in our Lord's year 2022, <laughs> Minnesota accidentally legalized edibles. Oh great. god, I love it's
0: that thing. Oh, that oh, dude, great. there
1: was there was a smoke shop and I don't know where it was and if they have it anymore, but they like quick on the draw made an edible. It had packaging with the face of the guy who accidentally signed the bill and didn't realize what it was. And I was like, Oh man, that's good. But like, I don't know, like marijuana in general is not as bad as people say it is. Like you can definitely get addicted to it and it can fuck up your life for Mm -hmm. sure. But it's not, you know, the big devil opens the door to, you know yeah. everything that they said it was and so it just made it almost was like a fear action kind of thing you're like terrified of it and it makes us the new curiosity about it
0: but and that's like, one thing that's enjoyed with us is like i don't think we ever made weed into a deal you know no we, we like made meth and mm-hmm. other stuff a big deal because obviously it is a big deal like the information i learned about meth is has always stuck with me from like mm, mm-hmm. have professionals come in and talk about it uh so i'm glad that as at sos that's what we did is like we focused on actually truly hurting things and like we're knowledgeable enough about the rest to like mm-hmm. yes these things can be bad and at your age they are bad uh oh yeah like your brain development yeah uh, but we're not dumb enough to say at 18 you shouldn't be able to drink or do whatever you want.
1: Oh Um, yeah. Well, and like it's, I'm pretty sure in most of the sketches, they didn't bring up marijuana or weed a lot, like in passing, but it wasn't like the big thing. And we learned mm -hmm. like just basic stuff about it, but they focused more on, I think a lot of times the more accessible things to people our age, you know, like they talked Mm -hmm. about meth and heroin, but then, you know, the drunk driving was a big one. We talked about a lot, like all of that stuff. Um, Like
0: meth, meth was such a big thing. Like we wrote a skit on meth specifically. And I think we used it once for like an educational conference.
1: Oh, see, I didn't even know there was a specific uh, meth
0: sketch. It, yeah, we wrote it once, and it was I think it was me and Andy, and we did it my senior year. At, oh, that would have been, uh, yeah, it would have been before I joined. And so, it was really small, and I think there was even a, mo- like, it might have just been a monologue on meth, and, like, it was like a downward spiral of someone on meth, and mm-hmm. we used it once and never touched it again. <laughs> but that, that was a cool thing. We constantly wrote new sketch like i think you were mm-hmm. you were in the grief one uh that we wrote for a school i believe if i'm yep. if I right uh, yeah
1: there so was, was the one. yeah then there was the depression one that jenna wrote which she had all of us involved in like mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure there was like at least one specific line that she took directly from one of the things i wrote which was really cool that she did that with a group i loved that experience because like We all got to kind of like put our thoughts and feelings down and, Mm -hmm. you know, Jenna, somebody who, you know, I know she went through her own struggles with mental health. Um, and she'll, she'll probably talk about that when you talk to her, um, you know, to have her kind of at the helm of that. And, you know, I'm sure it was really cathartic for her as well to like read through, you know, all these kids who she's, you know, helping and she's involved with, um, and then to like, you know, it was a dramatic one where we blocked up the, the blocks in front of the person monologuing, you know, hiding yeah. them as they tried to call out for help. It was it was an incredible sketch and it was really fun oh, to yeah. be involved in writing it, too. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. And like, I think they were constantly changing things. I think we did the cyberbullying sketch.
0: Yeah, uh, I wrote that during uh, my, yeah. my internship year. And like you said, yeah. using the kids around us to write made it so much easier and so much mm-hmm. more impactful. Because I could have just, yeah, I could have just wrote it in the way I wanted it to. But that's not what we were about. We were about building something together that we thought was powerful. Mm -hmm. And that's, it helped so much.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, and like using and drawing from the experiences, because we have all sorts of different, like in my time alone, like we had all, excuse me, all sorts of different kids from all different walks of life. You know, it wasn't just kids from Hudson. You know, we had kids from Hudson, New Richmond, Stillwater, Woodbury. Glenwood City, like all all over the metro area. So we had all sorts of different walks of life. And so to draw from all of those experiences makes it so much more relatable and, you know, made it worth at the end of a show getting those Q&As or people approaching you and being really sincere and saying, wow, like, I didn't know anybody else had ever gone through this or, you know, when you get that email after a show because you played the character that somebody related to and they like spill their heart out to you and tell them that you helped them. Like mm-hmm. what an incredible thing to experience at the ripe old age of 16.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, okay. So uh,
0: that's one thing I wanted to ask you about. Uh, if People, if you've listened to the pa- any of the past episodes, I brought it up. Uh, while uh, I do think we had decent training, uh, With SOS, one of my uh, important things looking back was, I don't think enough kids were ready to handle people coming up to them. Uh, Mm Do you feel that you were adequately prepared, uh, like you said, at 16, to have a a girl come up to you after you did Junk Driving Sister to say my i lost my sister or after doing pregnancy or something like that were you prepared for something like that
1: In in a lot of ways no but in some ways yes like i my mother was um the kind of woman who uh she's not great we don't speak anymore she is out of my life uh, for many reasons but um, my mother did not shield me from the evils of the world very early on. My mother told me things that, you know, and this happens with a lot of old, eldest daughters. Um, your mom tells you a shit that you, you probably should know at a young age.
2: Mm-hmm. I learned
1: a lot about things my mom went through, things my mom experienced um, at a very young age. So I think I had, you know, a certain kind of level of there's some really, really horrible shit happening in this world. Um, that I had, you know, heard of and, you know, experienced a few shitty things as we all do. Um, so in theory, you know, like, I can listen and, and empathize. But every once in a while, you'd have somebody come up to you with a story or something. And it's just like, I, I have nothing. And, like, they're looking at you because they, they connected with this character that you played that's not even really you, honestly. And they're, like, looking at you and, like, you can see it in their eyes. They want you to comfort them or help them. And you can't always have that. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, almost traumatizing in itself to feel like I could have helped this person. And, you know, especially when some of our sketches have had these underlying tones of nobody listened, nobody was there. Like if only somebody had helped, because there were a couple of them that had that underlying tone to it. And so when you've rehearsed that so much, you've memorized that. And that's, the role that you're playing and you see it happening before you in real life, it's really hard to handle that when, you know, I'm still over here wondering why I have a crush on the student teacher in my choir class. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting, but it's, we definitely as a whole, were not prepared for a lot of that because like there were people who had come up with just terrible, awful, tragic stories. And it's like, I'm not a therapist, man. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and, and that's what it comes down to is while, like you we said, we're, we weren't therapists, but we were the closest thing being peer-to-peer, talking about mm-hmm. these issues, going through these issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think while we were giving information a lot on a lot of these topics, there were certain things we weren't uh, given talk about. Like one thing I know for sure we never talked about was safe sex in pregnancy. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, Yep. We just talked about pregnancy. We didn't talk about, yeah, safe sex. Very
0: true. uh, uh, We rarely, like we would hint on drunk driving stuff uh, because obviously don't drink and drive. Uh, We did hit meth pretty hard, uh, but we never really taught the kids how to intensively listen and hot, mm-hmm. like we t- we told them, bring them to adult, bring them to Andy, Andy, bring them to intern, bring them to counselors or whatever. But we never taught them how to do that effectively. Mm-hmm. And I think that mm-hmm. was a very small, like you said, people like you, people like me, Megan, and some of the other kids who were a lot more advanced for our age were able to do that well. We were able to oh, listen yeah. and know what to do. Uh, well, and I think
1: uh. Well, yeah. And I think a lot of people involved in the troop company, whatever the hell we want to call it, were very empathetic in a lot of ways because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I you know, we were all attracted to the group for one way or another, whether it was, you know, following someone you had a crush on, which is, you know, you're following your heart mm-hmm. or you, know, you <laughs> love theater, all that. Like, I think, you know, we all had you know, a lot of love in us to give. And I think that, you know, made us more understanding and capable of handling situations like this, but without, you know, proper training and guidance, it's really hard to do it effectively.
0: Mm -hmm. And I I feel like there was a, since we were so low on numbers, a lot of my time there,
2: uh, Mm -hmm.
0: wise and stuff like that. Uh, I feel like we sugarcoated and held baby held a lot of actors that we, instead mm-hmm. of doing that, we should have pushed them to, like, be better. We see them doing these things and instead of going, hey, that's not how to do it. Uh, this is how you should do it. We were like, it's okay. It's okay. And I, I think that really let, the, like, we were letting down actors at that point. Uh,
1: oh, yeah. <clears throat> well, and there was, like, I think it almost got into a routine of a lot of things. Like, you know, because you had Hannah, who was always drug addict in Ropes. Mm-hmm. Or Wettelson, who was always Addict in Ropes. Like, you know, you mm-hmm. had people who kind of routined into their roles. And so you just kind of, like, would let uh, the status quo happen. Because I remember you were there when I was fighting. Both Megan and I really wanted to be in the ropes. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, a whole thing. Because they were like, we don't know. Because, like, you know, not like Megan and I were were large ladies at all. Yeah. But, like, you know, we, as teenagers big girls at all but you know as Mm -hmm. teenagers we were curvier for being young women and i remember i i can't remember which director it was but they were like well you might be too heavy and we were both like are you kidding me and looking back i think they were looking at you were like the only substantially like able to lift a human being person because all of the other dudes who would do arms were like really young (laughs) dudes yeah well because well yeah because we we had no dudes we had no boys so we like were just like yes give them all to us we had Eli, who I remember his first year. Oh, bless him! He was only thirteen, so that's mm-hmm. why we were like, "Why is he annoying?" Because he's thirteen, you know.
0: Yeah, it was Eli, and, I think it was like a kid named Austin that was a like a pretty boy, like fourteen. Oh, year Oh, I remember
1: Austin. Bless him. He was, I mean, was yeah, they were good
0: kids. Like I really enjoyed like getting to oh, know yeah. those well, kids,
1: and they grew and growing up with them and watching them grow up and be like your mm-hmm. little siblings, like chef's kiss just really fun to like grow up with people like that and like watch them you know become real people too mm-hmm. it's so good and like yeah, I don't know it
0: like always that. it always hurt my like because i know how hard i had to fight to do jd
1: like i had ridiculous. to rewrite
0: it i had to convince andy that i could be seen as that was the worst that was the like the worst part is like i know i didn't know that head, yeah i had to convince Andy that I could be seen as someone who would have sex because of my size.
1: That's absolutely ridiculous. I'm so sorry that happened to you, Randy. I'm so sorry. And,
0: like, looking back, like, when I say it out loud, it sounds fucked up, but I know Andy was doing it to, like, push me as an actor because we did a lot of stuff behind the scenes to push me as an actor, to get me uh, past Ebonics and to be very articulate and things like that, and I forever will love him for that. Uh, mm-hmm. but that's that was one of the things that frustrated me was just like you said, like it it sucked at like I'm already at 16, 17, like not having girlfriends and already like subconscious about my size and things like this. And like I was in a place where I thought it was comfortable where I could do whatever I could if I worked hard enough. And mm-hmm. I was I felt like I would already work hard enough. Why as like the only other male who looks like he could have sex because he looks 5'11, 300 pounds. Uh, like, I look like a fucking adult. <laughs> so, yeah, like, right, exactly. <laughs> I should be doing this role. And Andy's just like, nah, I don't, it's not believable. And so I worked and I worked and I worked. And then to see, like, you see Megan and other people told they couldn't do a role because of how they looked or something, or art- like just dumb that shouldn't matter really just bugged me And like i would bring it up all the time i'm like give this person a chance to do these things because they're gonna be great because they want it
1: well yeah and like you were the one who was like no throw them in the ropes we got this we'll try it and like i remember shortly after that it became up to a point where i was the only one who knew addict and i was the only one who could do it in the ropes And, like, I was ferocious. I wanted that role so badly because, like, I connected with it because I saw a lot of my brother in it. And so Mm -hmm. it was, like, a really, like, heavy emotional piece for me to do. And, like, when I was finally able to do it, it was just, like, fuck, yeah. But, like, I had to convince people Mm -hmm. that I'd be good at it because, like... You know, I did it differently than Hannah, who was, like, so aggressive with it and, like, so good. And, like, her own version of it was incredible. But mm-hmm. I think it was hard for them to have, you know, that version in their face for so long and have somebody do it differently. And they'll be like, I don't know. And it's mm-hmm. just, you know, we, we always had the huge joke in SOS that we don't like change. But it was super legit. Like, mm-hmm. one little change and everybody's, you know, clutching their pearls. But it was... <laughs> It was, and it was a tough role to play too. I mean, when you're in the ropes, like I had bruises all the time. Yeah. And oh, like, yeah. there was one time where I, we were rehearsing it on stage, like at the school before the show. And I like told them to stop and told Brent, did we bring the stuff first to circle drugs? Cause I'm not doing this with this group. Cause mm-hmm. one of the other arms like wasn't doing it right and he wasn't listening to me. He wasn't listening to the QB. And, like, I didn't feel safe because one wrong move, you could seriously hurt the person in the ropes. Yeah. And so I was like, put me down. I'm done. Put me down. And I just told Storm, I was like, I don't want to do this. So we did circle drugs. mm mm-hmm.
0: Which, <laughs> looking back, honestly, I love circle drugs. Oh, so
1: dramatic. I loved it.
0: I don't think it was bad. I think, like, people, like, the turnaround, sure, was was cheesy and all, but, like, when it's done right, it, it was a magical piece. Like, oh yeah, when the you... actors were actually true and showed, like, actual emotion. Like, they it was done. Mm-hmm. It, it was a beautiful piece.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, th- that's another great thing about it being, like, a troupe where, you know, in the summertime, it's literally a nine to five. We're there mm-hmm. all day together. So you're, like, getting really close to these people. So it makes it a lot easier to be vulnerable and have those emotional reactions with each other on stage, you know? somebody I barely know and don't give a fuck about like yeah I can get myself there acting wise maybe as a 16 year old but looking at somebody who you've been hanging out with every day for the last two years and you love dearly like your brother like you're gonna be able to get there better you know
0: mm-hmm. uh so that brings me to another question uh and this is about acting uh in SOS uh Shay brought up a point that uh she struggled she said she auditioned for a couple like shows after and realized that through sos her acting style wasn't very theatrical and it Mm -hmm. made me realize that uh, like i was like why did i struggle like i won the uh like an internship not internship but a scholarship for acting uh and then went to lacrosse and i struggled there and like looking back it's because i from sos i played it super honest honestly and like Mm -hmm. uh And we came up with the, uh, like, realization that SOS was camera acting.
1: Yep. Yes, 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 yes. I have thought that and said that to myself so many times. Yes, agree.
0: Okay. Uh, Like, because we were just talking about it, and I'm just like, it it makes sense. Because I always thought SOS would perform better on camera. Like, that's where Mm. the biggest shortcoming came from. We made a stupid CD instead of making... like like, us hopping on youtube video Mm -hmm.
1: yeah like you know how they did cats in the 90s would have been great if we had done it for sos
0: Mm
1: -hmm. oh Um, man no actually it's i have a distinct memory of them doing an exercise and uh, i remember mac who went on to think to be on like potentially drag race or something yeah yeah, i don't know uh,
0: rupaul's drag race
1: Yeah, which is I remember I like saw the face and I was like, oh my fucking god, I know them. Anyway, (laughs) I remember it was it was me and and them who got called out the biggest for it. They were like, okay, you're waiting. Like go on stage and wait. Mm -hmm. And like I remember like, you know, hands on my hips, tilting my head, like looking at fake watch, deep sighing, tapping my foot, you know, just dramatic acting because you know i had done drama club and all through junior high and you know had been a theater kid outside of this and you know after the exercise was done you know they called the two of us out and i'm like oh fuck yeah i did so good like they're (laughs) they're picking me and they were like that's what you don't want to do and i was like oh fuck and they just basically told us that you know when you're being overly dramatic like that you know you're going into a junior high or a high school they're going to see it as more childish Mm -hmm. And so you want to be more real and relatable, but still, you know, readable on stage. And so I think initially I struggled with that a lot when I first joined. Mm -hmm. And then I still did some other theater things in high school. Like I did a couple of musicals, which was a lot of fun because I was not big about singing in front of people. So getting to do those was really fun. Um, And I think I did fine with those. um, But to be honest, I didn't really pursue acting outside of high school. I had thought about it. Um, I went to a really dope art school in Chicago for journalism for a year. Um, And if I, yeah, it was just too expensive for me to go back. (laughs) Yeah, and if I had gone back, I probably at that point in my life would have switched my major to theater, musical theater, but just didn't have the funds to go back to that. So it wasn't in the cards, but it's, no, I I don't know if I would say I struggled because it was just high school theater that I did outside Mm -hmm. of it. So, you know, you don't have to be super great to, you know, being be in yeah. a random extra in a shitty modernized version of hamlet sorry stillwater <laughs> area high school but that version of hamlet was fucking bullshit anyway um so it's but no i definitely remember being like called out for acting too big at the beginning and just kind of definitely making the comparison that like wow this is more subtle like film acting kind of
0: mm-hmm. type
1: shit so that yeah i'm glad other people make that connection that's really cool
0: yeah, and like, cause we were thinking about like the people who shine and the people who who did it, uh, that struggled, and and we quite like the people who struggled were theater kids before joining SOS. So, like I said, I wasn't okay. a theater kid yet, so all my training came from SOS. Uh, same with Shay, and then you have people like we had, uh, I can't remember his name, but he was a taller kid, uh, but he was super into theater. Like he was, he was a uh, the genie in Aladdin at Hudson's like main theater. Uh, oh,
1: I think I know who you're talking about. Uh, Mike.
0: Yeah. I think that's who it was. Mike. And I think there was one other kid who was in in it. He was tall, had curly hair and a beard. Uh, but he was only, uh, he might have been out before he even joined. Uh, did in the he
1: like, here. did he know Sue? Did he like join because he did some theater thing with Sue? I, probably, yeah. Right. It might have yeah. been, it might have been Mike because I know he was in it for like two seconds. Mm-hmm. And he did like, all, he was like the lead in all the musicals and shit at Stillwater. He went to Stillwater.
0: Ah, okay.
1: But yeah. I don't know if it, he had dark hair, but I don't think he ever had a beard. I think he was always clean shaven.
0: But it makes sense that she, like I forgot Sue brought in like eight Miscellaneous. or nine actors that she knew from Stillwater, Sue Hudson. And like Sue, yeah. And they didn't make it. They struggled. No so hard to None do of what we it. needed to do and they just quit because like, mm-hmm. it wasn't like it wasn't theater acting and it's so hard to reel yourself in because oh, i yeah. think well, like... And like go ahead sorry
1: oh no you go ahead you finish your point hun.
0: uh i was just saying like uh i remember going on one show with a kid who like after said he didn't like the sh- like doing it like he said he like felt out of place, and, like, he felt like people were laughing at him because he was just so over the top with his, like, parts. And, like, yeah, there's parts that can be over the top, like friends in pregnancy or uh, being my best friend in suicide. Those points where you can be over the top because that's, like, we're making it over the top. Or the kids' show is where a lot of theater kids thrived. Um, Mm -hmm, because that's mm -hmm. what it was (laughs) like oh yeah theater up galore like over the top like yeah love it i hated doing kids shows because that wasn't me
1: (laughs) well we 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 wrote it too we wrote a whole new kids show while i was in the group and it was a lot of fun because i got to be part of like the main like first cast they had like this playwright character and that that got to be me and i got to wear a bright smock and a fun hat
0: i remember seeing pictures (laughs) of it never never got to Unfortunately, never got to see it, but I remember seeing it was you in the get up. uh, It was
1: very cute. It was like um, this big, it was this king who wanted this troupe to perform for him and entertain him, or he was gonna like banish them or something. So it was like, you know, us performing the show, the sketches, which were very similar to the old show, but you know, for this king who, after every sketch, would have his bit. And then, you know, at the end, learned the, the ways and was, you know, a good king. Um, and I eventually got to play that role, too, which is really fun because I got to wear a wig and scribble a bunch of eyeliner on my face, wear a cape and be ridiculous. So, like, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was a fun one for you to, to be just wild and crazy. And the kids afterwards, like, sometimes they want your autograph. They'd, like, ask you if you knew, like fucking Britney Spears or something and it's just like, oh my God, no, I'm not a celebrity, but yes, I'll sign your trapper keeper.
0: Yeah, it, it was I remember one show, like my probably probably five kids' show was with Jake. Uh oh. he uh we did the uh one where he was like uh where we get the kids a chance give her a pencil.
2: Oh uh, yeah give him
0: a pencil or whatever and he he got the crowd Like, I've never seen someone get the crowd so into it. Like, these kids were standing up, jumping, cheering, yelling for him to give them her the pencil. And he was just like, he was like a wrestler getting the chance to come in, eating it up. And like, we took a good, like, five minutes in the slow motion after. And it was great. And I'm just like, this this is prime. This is no one is ever gonna do this as good. We're never gonna have a crowd like this again.
1: No, and those are like those such magical moments to experience too. Oh, incredible! I love that.
0: Oh, like, uh, like yeah,
1: they just eat that shit up. They love it.
0: Uh, so that that was one of my favorite memories. A segue. Uh,
1: <laughs> do you
0: have uh, favorite memories of shows, tours, uh, after mm-hmm. hours stuff, anything like that?
1: God, there's so much. Like, I'd have to say my balance with SOS was pretty 50-50 with the good and the bad. Um, But, like, as far as good stuff, I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, (laughs) I'd have to say, this is definitely a bittersweet one, but, like, when me and the the gang quote unquote broke into the playhouse we left like a secret door unlocked and went and spent the night and then left at like 6 a.m the next morning we ended up getting in huge 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 trouble for that Mm -hmm. um which you know resulted in some really extreme and unnecessary punishments but i'll I'll leave that story for for the one mainly involved in that to tell (laughs) um but it was that was a lot of fun because we just There's even a video somewhere probably still on Facebook where it's me, Megan and Darcy running around at like two in the morning being like, I'm jumping in the SOS Playhouse at two in the morning. And just like running around in different areas, like standing, like doing dumb things and just saying at two in the morning. Uh, That was a really good one. Otherwise, like, God, I don't know. Like, there's just a lot of really great back of the tour bus when everybody just crams into like the one last row and the other row and just like everybody crams themselves as close as possible and just hangs out mm-hmm. you know and like all the talks that you have throwing stuff i'd throw in his little like tent that he makes up front <laughs>
2: <Yep>. <laughs> eating
1: right eating eating mcdonald's with adolf oh mm-hmm. bless that man but I think uh, I'm trying to like narrow it down. I don't know if I can pick a single one, but I would definitely say the first time I did drug ropes and like stage for a show was pretty huge because like I'd worked really hard to get to that point, and like I'd even I think um, was it Brandon Flowers was that his last name?
0: Yeah, I think.
1: So. I uh, I ain't never leave him, baby.
0: Oh. Uh... Brand- Brand- yeah it, black eyes. okay black, yeah. Like,
1: like, yeah yeah because i remember he had the big i ain't ever leaving baby and then he came and did like a workshop with us once mm-hmm. and he had a group of us pick like a part or a monologue from something and like you know do it differently and i think i picked the middle monologue of the three from drug ropes and i did it like you know i like in my brain i remember being like i'm gonna talk to my brother mm-hmm. and i think i ended up like like getting really emotional over it. I remember him being like, that was incredible. Like being really complimentary. And that like, that settled it for me. I was like, I'm going to do this on stage. Mm -hmm. And then like, I don't know. It just went really well. The adrenaline was flying. Like I felt good. And then when we got back off, I had to immediately rip the ropes off my wrists, grab a microphone and go be number one for closer. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, Oh my God. I remember I used to watch Hannah do that and be like, Oh, it's fine. And then I had to do it. And I'm like (laughs) into the mic. But yeah. I think when I like I threw the ropes off, I accidentally broke the Monday mug for the stress sketch. <laughs> and I, apparently everybody out in the audience like heard it because I like they put me down and I was like, up! you know, <laughs> and then I took the ropes off and knocked the mug over. And I guess like somebody in the audience was like, what happened back there? We heard somebody yell and something break. And I was like, oh, you know, just stage stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. It was good. It was really good. I always, it was a fun one.
0: Like obviously, mm-hmm. like uh, I can't equate doing boy and circle drugs to doing rope, but I would always hate getting done. Like I'm trying to be super emotional. I'm trying to I'm trying my damnedest and boy on circle drugs, and then mm-hmm. I had to come out and do a freaking monologue and then talk to everybody after. I'm like, I literally was just zone <laughs> a second ago. That, that was the right? hardest thing. Was tra- like going from racism? to like
1: stress dude right like something so heavy mm -hmm. into something so yeah or like from violence into yeah super aggressive there's
0: no time time. that 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 was hard like if anything trained me for like acting in the future it was that it was like going from one emotion to the other in a drop of a hat because all we had time to do was shift blocks around Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's so many times i'll sit back there after racism like can i just get a second nope gotta go uh annoying ass friday or gotta be annoying ass wednesday right oh yeah mario about picking up girls boosting the fur
1: mar mario (laughs) oh man i know i i i have him on the facebook i see him do all sorts of cool shit i Mm. ran into him years ago at zombie pub crawl i remember i was with my my boyfriend at the time which didn't last very long and we like went to a bar i went to go to the bathroom and like in the hallway there there mario was and we were like ah, and like hugged and everything's we're all drunk and my boyfriend was all pissy about it And i was like dude calm down that's <laughs> fine he's he's like one of my theater buddies mm-hmm. he's a good good shit but yeah it was yeah they made us do some heavy shit and go to some like dark places and then immediately be like you know happy go lucky right (laughs) after like that's a lot to ask of a 15 year old oh yeah oh yeah but i mean you know i yeah no it was it was good and like i don't know a really great theater experience too especially being able to like say that you you know were completely self-sufficient so like i was able to do a lot of cool stuff with like sound or crew and other theater stuff in my high school after that because, you know, I had a base knowledge and like, even now I'm kind of like, Oh, I wish I like remembered all of that stuff. Cause my boyfriend does music and I'm like, I could be so helpful if I only remembered.
0: <laughs> but with everything we've talked about so far in this 50 minutes, <laughs> uh, I guess one big question is, would you do it again? With everything, um, you know, and everything that happened.
1: I mean, Yes. But if I could still, you know, take that with me, I would definitely, um, use some Mm self-preservation, you know, keep, keep my things closer to me. Um, keep my head down just a little bit more. Cause like, I don't know, it's something I've learned about myself is that I will throw myself into something Mm -hmm. 3000%. Like I will always be super passionate about what I do. Um, and it's become super apparent to me the last three years. Like I mentioned earlier, um, I've been sober from alcohol for just over three years. And oh, like, boy, in kind of, thank you. Um, and then like, kind of like learning how to, to be me and face the world without the crutch of alcohol. Mm-hmm. I've learned that, you know, it's not always healthy for me to just put 1000% of myself into something just because it's like, well, I'm doing this, I'm going to all the way. Um, so okay. I probably would go into it knowing that and not put as much into it, um, take a step back and probably be a little bit more focused on school, but like yeah. the friendships that I made and like the things that I got to experience were incredible. And not a lot of people get to have that experience and make those bonds and meet, meet people like that and help people like that. So I would, yeah. I would not change that or give that up for anything.
0: Uh, pretty sure I know the answer to this, but I gotta ask anyway. So. Uh, with everything that we just talked about, and you looking back <clears throat> on doing it again, uh, did SOS impact how you grew as an adult after you left SOS?
1: Um, yes and no. I would say. Um, I mean, I've definitely like looking back, kind of laugh like, um, I, I got a DWI. I totaled my car. It's a miracle I'm alive. On uh, October 2018, obviously, like you know, I'm I'm a recovering alcoholic. Um, and Mm -hmm. I do, do smoke plenty of ganja. Um, but like all that being said, I think the main takeaways that I've taken from it is that like, we need each other, um, Mm -hmm. and that people need to support people and you need to be there for people. Um, because you know, you can blog about something all you want, you can write poetry, you can whatever, but you know, if you don't have some form of community Mm -hmm. around you, You're not going to make it, you know, Um, and good and bad things are going to ebb and flow wherever you are, whether, you know, you're in a theater troupe as a teen or you're working at a restaurant as an adult, like good and bad is always going to happen. It's going to come in waves. It's going to ebb and flow. Um, But as long as you have your community and you have a good, strong group of people around you that you care about each other, you will always make it through Mm -hmm. um, no matter what, whether you... Come out unscathed or not is, you know, that's a different situation, but you'll get out of it and, yeah. you know, you'll, you'll be okay as long as you have your people.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a good point to end on. I think uh, that was all my questions. And I think we touched on a lot, talked about a lot, and I, I thought it was a really good conversation. So I thank you for that. Yeah, of course. um So now's the time where I allow. My guests or myself to shout out anything that you want, uh raise awareness on anything you want. Cause if even one person hears it, you know, that's more than like that's that was my motto with SOS. Even if we help one person, it was successful. So if even if your exactly. your shout out helps reaches one person, it's successful. So uh feel free to shout out, say anything you want. The floor is yours.
1: Oh yeah. Well, um one of the things I did do when I stopped drinking that's helped with my sobriety is art. I paint now um my instagram is spooky.boots.art um and currently if you're in the area stillwater minnesota uh, you want to check out coffee paw cafe that's where i have some of my pieces hanging um one of which is titled hand that feeds um it's a multimedia piece it is a hand there's lots of uh fake and real blood on it and some wire hangers um it's a piece about Roe v. Wade, it's priced at about $6.50, which is the starting point for an abortion in the state of Minnesota. If it sells, I am donating all proceeds to Planned Parenthood. Um, so that's kind of the big thing right now. Other than that, if you're in Stillwater, come down to the Wild Hair and get some good, delicious food. We've got gluten free desserts and vegan desserts. Nice.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, do, you make, do you make the desserts? Like, I thought I saw you post uh, yeah. on my Instagram about making it. A-
1: yeah, I do specials sometimes. And then um, I've got a couple items on the regular dessert menu. I also bartend and serve there. So nice. I live That's there. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so, so come see your girl. It's 90s themed.
0: Yeah, definitely check out our art. I've seen it. It is amazing. Uh, she is very thank talented. Thank you. Thank you, Randy. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, of course. So thank you for joining. I, I really appreciate it. Like, obviously, mostly good times, but obviously uh, with any thing in life there's bad things to look on so thank you for being open and willing to uh share everything with us i appreciate it a tremendous amount of course and to everybody at home, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, you can find us at hypotheticallysound.podbean.com or Uh You can find us on YouTube at both of those things that I just said, or anywhere Podbeans, uh, Podbeans podcasts are found. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Or on everything, you know the drill. I say it every single time. And until next time, deuces. Thank you for listening to Hypothetically Sound. We hope you enjoyed the episode. All episodes can be found at hypotheticallysound.podbean.com, as well as on Apple, Spotify, and Pandora. For full unedited video versions of the podcast, please visit us at youtube.com slash hypotheticallysound.